This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 132. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Now, for this week, as usual, it is Sunday, February 21st, 2021, and that means the weekly news and rumors from the big four rumor sites. And I just want to take a moment here and apologize to my listeners for being late getting this episode out. I usually try to do it first thing on Sunday mornings once all the news stories on these sites have posted for the week. Uh, but I got tied up this morning with a bunch of other stuff and then had to go out and run some real estate jobs and get back. And now I'm doing the show before I have to start my night shift job. So I do apologize for being late, but let's go ahead and get into this and see what we have from Canon Rumors for this week. Let's do this. All right. First up, patent. The Canon vlogging camera appears in another patent. I reported earlier this month that Canon would make an EFM-related announcement in 2021, even after telling you about the imminent demise of the EOS M system in its current form. Canon News has uncovered another patent for this new camera from Canon. The latest patent showcases a lock that prevents the device from moving around when you are replacing lenses. The mount is likely for EFM lenses. There have been at least nine patents related to this camera device since December. You can check out a few of them in the links in this article. I am at the point of thinking this is going to be a consumer product in 2021. And announcing it in April would make a lot of sense as that is NAB season. So stay tuned as there will be more to come on this story. And as usual, you can find all the links to these articles in the show notes for this episode. So you can check everything out for yourself. Next up, industry news. Sigma releases an official update about their Foveon X3 sensor project. Sigma CEO Katsu Yamaki has issued an official statement about the Foveon X3 1-to-1-to-1 sensor development, which was scrapped last February due to a critical flaw in the sensor design that would make it impossible to mass produce. Sigma has gone back to the drawing board and restarted the research and development from scratch. Sigma cannot give a timetable as to when they can tell us more about the new image sensor. The statement from Canon, first of all, thank you all very much for your continued support and interest in our products. In February 2020, we announced our decision to restart our plans for a full-frame Foveon X3 sensor camera, beginning with the development of a new sensor technology. We have not been able to share any information regarding this project in the time since, and I would like to use this short message to provide an update about the situation. As previously announced, we halted the development of the project after the sensor we were working with could not go into mass production due to critical flaw. As a result, we also terminated our contract with the sensor manufacturer with whom we had been collaborating. Further, we determined that the original sensor specifications would make it difficult to develop a product that will meet our and our customers' high standards, and accordingly, we decided to go back to the drawing board. 
At present, we are fully engaged in the research and development of the project led by our head office and are reviewing specifications to ensure that we will be able to satisfy the expectations placed on this project. While we have not proceeded to the development of a camera body yet, we will continue to do our utmost to create a camera in which we have full confidence. I would like to express my sincere gratitude for the strong and ongoing support that customers have shown us. All of our employees, including myself, continue to do our very best to develop new and outstanding photographic technologies. Thank you for your patience and for your understanding. Signed, Katsuto Yamakai. Chief Executive Officer, Sigma Corporation. So this is an interesting article. I do remember reading about this new sensor technology um, and then the fact that they weren't able to mass produce it due to a critical flaw. And then I kind of forgot about it. It kind of fell through the cracks, I think. Uh, But it is exciting that Sigma has gone back to the drawing board and they're still determined to complete this design and be able to mass produce it in a camera body. Definitely exciting. Um, I'm not personally someone that shoots with Sigma cameras, but I know they do have some interesting mirrorless full frame cameras on the market. So this is definitely exciting news for any of my listeners that might be Sigma shooters. Next up, Venus Optics officially announces the Laowa RF 11mm F45 FFRL. Venus Optics has officially announced this new lens. Uh, The lens is extremely compact, measuring only 2.5 inches or 6.3 centimeters long and weighs 8.9 ounces or 254 grams. With only five aperture blades, you'll also also be able to create 10-point sun stars. This is Laowa's seventh official release for the RF mount. The Laowa RF 11 F45 FFRL retails for $699 and is available now directly from Venus Optics. It will make its way to official dealers soon. You can check out all the available third-party lenses for the RF mount at the link in this article. Anhu, China, February 19, 2021. Venus Optics, the manufacturer specialized in making unique camera lenses, now offers more variants to two popular Laowa lenses. Added Canon RF mount for the Laowa 11mm full frame and Nikon Z mount for the Laowa 65mm f2.8 2x ultra macro APO APS-C lens. Offering Canon full-frame R, RP, R5, and R6 users an exceptional ultra-wide experience, and the high magnification power on Nikon's APS-C bodies like the Z50. The Laowa 11mm 4.5 is an extremely compact rectilinear wide-angle lens for full-frame mirrorless cameras. The remarkable 126-degree angle of view with a 19-centimeter minimum focus distance can be found in this 6.3-centimeter or 2.5-inch long and 254-gram lens. It allows you to capture the stunning landscape, precious travel moments, and beautiful cityscapes without any burden. The lens also includes two spherical elements and three extra low dispersion elements to guarantee sharpness, suppress chronomatic aberrations, and distortion to the minimums. Conveniently, a 62mm filter can be screwed onto the lens directly, or a 100mm wide filter can be used. The five-bladed aperture is able to create clean and appealing, stunning 10-point sun stars. The Laowa lens is now available in Leica M, Sony FE, Nikon, Z, Canon RF, and the L-mount. MSRP in the U.S. is $799 for the Leica and $699 for all other mounts. And there are some interesting photographs, uh, sample images here that you can check out in the article. 
Uh, specifications, focal length 11 millimeters, maximum aperture 4.5, minimum aperture f22, angle of view is 126 degrees, format compatibility is full frame, lens structure 14 elements in 10 groups. Aperture blades 5, minimum focusing distance 7.4 inches or 19 centimeters. Maximum magnification is 0.1 times. Filter thread 62 millimeter, dimension 63.5 by 58 millimeters. Weight 254 grams. And of course, in the mounts I mentioned a moment ago. And there are some cool uh, charts here on the lens itself. The Laowa 65 millimeter f2.8 is optimized for mirrorless cameras with the APS-C format. As the only macro lens in the market that is capable of producing two times life-size images, the lens allows photographers to use it for a wide range of subjects. The 65mm f2.8 also inherited the excellent uh, apochromatic optical or APO design from the Laowa 100mm f2.8 two times macro, which suppresses the chromatic aberration at both in-focus and out-of-focus areas to the minimum. Delivering stunning details and contrast from uh, from center to corner, even while using the widest aperture setting, this professional prime lens delivers exceptional resolution and sharpness. With only 335 grams of weight, the lens is very versatile for APS-C mirrorless cameras. The internal focus design can maintain the overall lens length during use, which avoids any collision or damage to the subject. Thanks to the advantage of its lightweight and compactness, this lens is definitely a great companion for outdoor and ecological photography. It is now available in the Canon EFM, Fuji X, Sony E, and Nikon Z mounts. The suggested retail price in the U.S. is $399. Uh, full specifications, focal length 65 millimeters, maximum aperture is f2.8, minimum aperture f22, angle of view is 24.4 degrees, format compatibility is APS-C, lens structure 14 elements in 10 groups, aperture blades 9, minimum focusing distance 17 centimeters or 6.7 inches, maximum mag magnification is 2 times, filter thread 52 millimeters, Dimensions 57 by 100 millimeters, weight 3.35 grams or 11.82 ounces, and again available in X mount, E mount, EFM, and Nikon Z. So that's definitely some exciting news for those of you that are shooting APS-C and want a high power, two times ultra compact, ultra macro lens. And the macro shots that are included, the sample images are absolutely stunning. I highly recommend that you check out that full article from the show notes. Next up, industry news, Blackmagic Design announces new Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 6K Pro. Blackmagic Design has announced their latest and greatest pocket cinema camera capable of shooting 6K like the original, but they have added a tilt screen, too many XLR inputs, a bigger battery, and built-in ND filters. For $2,495 US. They have also launched an optional EVF for the new camera. With this camera and the upcoming Sony Alpha FX3, I think this is a space Canon needs to get into as soon as possible. The Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 6K Pro features designed from carbon fiber polycarbonate composite. 6144 by 3456 sensor with 13 stops and dual native ISO up to 25,600. 
compatible with a wide range of popular EF lenses. Built-in motorized 2, 4, and 6-stop ND filters, up to 25,600 ISO for incredible low-light performance. Standard open file formats compatible with popular software. The adjustable HDR 1500-nit LCD screen includes Blackmagic Generation 5 Color Science, optional Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera Pro EVF, uh, professional mini XLR inputs with 48 volt phantom power, larger NP-F570 battery, optional Blackmagic Pocket Camera Battery Pro Grip, includes full DaVinci Resolve Studio for post-production. And you can pre-order this camera now at Adorama. So that is definitely another interesting camera. When I first saw this article, I was hoping maybe this new design of their Pocket Cinema camera, they had transitioned to using Canon's RF mount. But at this time, they're still using the EF mount, which is a little bit of a bummer because I am planning at some point to get a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera. And I would have preferred to have one that takes the EF mount lenses, but... I may end up settling for one of their older models that just takes the micro four thirds lenses only because I don't really care about four or 6K. I shoot my project videos in 1080p and I shoot my personal YouTube videos for my photography channel in 1080p as well. Uh, um, I just don't really care about 4K and it takes too much processing power and storage to do all your videos in 4K. And as Tony Northrup recently said, it's not worth the waste of time because 97% of YouTube is all still 1080p and nobody seems to give a crap about 4K on that social platform. Next up, patent for RF prime lenses, including an RF 24mm f1.4 LUSM and an RF 50mm f1.4 USM. Japan patent 2021-18277A shows off a bunch of optical formulas for various fast prime lenses for the RF mount. Included in this, in this patent are two 24mm f1.4 optical formulas as well as an RF28 f1.8, yes please, a 35mm f1.8 and a lens that would likely be quite popular, an RF50 1.4. I think it's safe to say that we will see an RF24 F1.4 LUSM at some point in the next year or two. I've been doing this site for 13 years now, and we're still waiting for a new 50mm 1.4 lens from Canon. I can already see the shut up and take my money memes. <laughs> All right, so the information we do have on these lenses, the RF 24mm 1.4L, focal length 24mm, F number 1.40, half angle of view 42.03 degrees, image height 21.64mm, lens length 120mm, back focus is 15mm. On the second Canon RF 1.4L, uh, same specs, except the back focus is 15.79 millimeters. For the 24 millimeter F1.8, focal length 24 millimeters, F number 1.80, half angle of view 42.03 degrees, image height 2164 millimeters, focus or lens length, I'm sorry, 110 millimeters, and back focus of 15.06 millimeters. For the Canon RF 28mm f1.8, focal length 28, f number 1.80, half angle of view 37.69 degrees, image height is 2164, lens uh, length is 100 millimeters, and back focus of 18.85 millimeters. 
for the Canon RF 35 1.8, 35mm focal length, F number 1.80, half angle of view 31.72 degrees, image height 2164, lens length 100mm, back focus of 15mm, and last but not least, the replacement for the old EF 50mm 1.4, the RF version 50mm F1.40, half angle of view 23.40 degrees, image height 21.64mm, lens length 100mm, and a back focus of 15mm. And I do find it interesting that most all of these new lenses are close to the same overall length. You got 120, 120, 110, and then you got 100, 100, 100. <laughs> and it is exciting news, and I'm not surprised at all because I figured it was only a matter of time once Canon started developing RF lenses that they would come out with models to replace pretty much every single EF model lens that they had. So they already did the 50mm 1.2L. They've already done the 50mm 1.2 STM or the Nifty 50 or Plastic Fantastic. So it only makes sense that now they'd be getting ready to release a 50mm f1.4 gold band USM lens. Hopefully it'll be much better than the original EF model, which had some issues. And last up for this week from Canon Rumors, patent the return of eye-controlled focus, but this time for mirrorless cameras. Keith over at Northlight Images has uncovered a U.S. Patent Office patent which shows eye-controlled focus for mirrorless cameras. This has been a requested feature for quite some time, and we have seen in the past on film cameras such as the EOS 5 and the EOS 3 and the Elon 2E, it was always a mixed bag when it came to its effectiveness. Some people loved it, other people absolutely hated it. From the U.S. Patent Office, Patent U.S. 2021-005-1265, quote, an image capture apparatus detects a subject in a captured image. The image capture apparatus further recognizes its user based on an eyeball image of the user. The image capture apparatus then selects a main subject area from among the detected subject areas based on information regarding the subjects captured in the past and stored being associated with the recognized user. There was a patent for this back in 2019, but Canon has added to the technology by adding user identification and remembering what you looked at previously. It sounds like the AI fun may hit an EVF near you someday. And that wraps up Canon Rumors for this week. Okay, and now we head on over to Nikon Rumors for this week. First up, Nikon USA press release for the Nikon Z62, Z72 firmware update version 1.10. The Google translated version of the press release I posted online last night was horrible. The English version is now available from Nikon USA. Nikon to release the Z7 and uh, 6 and 7 firmware update February 25th, Melville, New York. Canon Inc. is pleased to announce that firmware version 1.10 for the Z72 and Z62 full frame cameras, Nikon FX format, will be released on February 25th. The fir firmware version will add support for 4K UHD 60p to Z62 video recording options. Additionally, the performance of eye detection AF on the Z7 and Z62 will increase with the update. 
The eyes of human subjects are detected even when the face of the subject is smaller in the frame than the version 1.0 firmware currently out, enabling smoother and more stable shooting. It will also support raw video output to Blackmagic Design external recorders for both the Z7 II and the Z6 II enabled recording in the Blackmagic RAW format as well for ProRes RAW format. The firmware version supports a variety of video recording workflows responding to the advanced video production needs of working professionals. Furthermore, for the ProRes RAW video recorded to the Ninja 5 external recorder manufactured by Atomos, compatibility with the ISO setting and color temperature controls added to Apple's Final Cut Pro version 10.4.9 and later is supported. This expands video editing op options while using Final Cut Pro. If you have already purchased the raw video output upgrade for your camera, updating to firmware version 1.10 will add support for Blackmagic Design external video recorders automatically. When this option is selected, image area is fixed at the DX-based movie format and movie quality is fixed at normal. The raw video output function can be enabled by a Nikon service facility for a fee. With the Z7 II Full HD raw video will be or can be recorded using the FX-based movie format, and the 4K UHD raw video can be recorded using the DX-based movie format as well. When the Z6 II is used, recording of either 4K UHD or Full HD raw video is possible with both FX and DX-based movie formats. The Atomus Ninja 5 and now the Blackmagic Design Video Assist 5-inch 12G HDR and 7-inch 12G HDR can be used to record Nikon RAW video in the ProRes RAW or Blackmagic RAW format, respectively. Operation is not guaranteed with recorders other than those noted above as of February 18th, 2021. In a future update, Blackmagic Design will release a software update that adds the Nikon Z7 II and Z6 II as models supported for the recording of Blackmagic RAW on Video Assist 12G models. Raw video output at a frame size or frame rate setting of 4K UHD 60p is not supported. Overview of the raw video output upgrade service performed for a fee. And that is definitely interesting. It's good to see that Nikon is adding new functionality in their firmware still. It's always a good thing. And it's always something that consumers and working pros really appreciate. So good job, Nikon. Next up, exclusive deal ending soon. Get 10% off all Oberworth products. You can still get 10% off all Oberworth products with coupon code RUMORS21. This discount cannot be combined with any other offer and is valid only at Oberworth.com for a limited time. And they do have some interesting looking camera bags um, in the sample images here. So I would highly recommend that you check them out just to see what it's all about. Maybe you'll find one that you like and you can snag it at a discount if you hurry. Next up, just released the Laowa 65mm f2.8 2x Ultra Macro APO for Nikon Z-mount. And I did cover this in the previous segment on the Canon Rumors section, so I'm not going to go into all of the specifics again, uh, being this is basically just a repeat article. But again, there are some impressive sample images that they are allowing you to download. The new lens is now available for pre-orders at the Lawa online store with free international shipping. U.S. retailers, include Adorama and B&H, will open their pre-orders in a few weeks. The fastest way to get the new lens is to order directly from the Lawa online store. And with that, I'm going to take a break for just a moment, and I will be right back. 
We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So next up, the new Nikon WR-R11A, the WR-R11B, and the WRT10 remote controllers are now in stock. These uh, controllers can now be bought at B&H, Amazon, uh, both. And it doesn't say anything about Adorama, but I would think they would have them soon if they don't already. The WR-R11A can be used with cameras equipped with a 10-pin terminal, except some older DSLR models like the D100, D1, D1H, D1X, and D200. The WR-R11B is compatible with cameras equipped with an accessory terminal, cannot be used with the D90, Coolpix A, P7800, P7700, P1000, and P950. So it is exciting to see that Nikon has finally gotten these controllers out there for consumers to buy. Another good one for Nikon. Next up, Avalanche is a new universal photo library import tool that preserves all of your edits. Avalanche is a new software solution developed by the fresh company, Syme, C-Y-M-E. With Avalanche, you can import export photo libraries between different platforms while preserving all edits. Aperture, Lightroom, Luminar, and soon Capture One. New platforms are being added on a regular basis. Syme recently released a new version of Avalanche that is compatible with Luminar AI. The new Avalanche for Luminar can migrate existing Aperture Aperture, Lightroom and soon-to-be Capture One photo catalogs into Luminar catalogs while keeping all of your edits. The press release can be found at the link in this article, and there is also additional information at an accompanying link in this article so definitely some exciting news i think i am going to check out that software just to see what all the hubbub is about and to see if it might be something i can recommend to my listeners and let's see last up for nikon rumors for this week i think oh here it is deal of the day 75 dollars off the irx 45 millimeter f 1.4 and the irx 150 millimeter f 2.8 macro one-to-one dragonfly lenses for the nikon f mount another good deal on these two lenses uh the promotion will end tomorrow monday so it is active as of today the day of this recording make sure you click the 75 dollar off checkbox that appears in the listing so it will apply the discount for you and that is going to wrap up nikon rumors for this week and now let's head on over to fuji rumors for this week First up, win two Pergear 10mm f8 fisheye lenses for Fujifilm X-Mount. Fuji Rumors and Pergear have teamed up to give you the chance to win two Pergear 10mm f8 fisheye lenses. The rules are super simple. The prize is the two lenses, rules to enter the giveaway. Number one, comment on the dedicated Instagram giveaway post at Pergear and at Fuji Rumors. 
uh, and tag one friend of yours. Two, only for EU, UK, USA, and Canadian residents. You must know, one, you have time until midnight of February 26th, CET time. Two, one winner will be randomly selected among those who commented on the Fuji Rumors post. One winner among those who commented on the Per Gear post for a total of two winners. Three winners will be announced on a dedicated post on Per Gear and Fuji Rumors Instagram accounts within the by the end of February. Winners will be contacted via private message on Instagram. If no reply is received within one week from the message, we will move on and pick another winner. Shipping to the following countries, the EU, UK, USA, and Canada. So there is your chance to win a Per Gear F8 fisheye lens, 10 millimeters for the Fujifilm X-Mount does sound like an interesting giveaway, so you might want to jump on that before it's too late. Next up, this camera bag raised half a million dollars on Kickstarter. There is a camera that raised already half a million dollars on Kickstarter. You can read all the details about this new bag at the link in this article. The concept and idea looks good, but I'd love to read what you guys think about this bag. Remember to do your research with any crowdfunding project. Despite Kickstarter having its security and safety standards, as with any crowdfunded campaign, there's always the risk of the product or service never coming to fruition. Fuji Rumors participates uh, in the Kickstarter affiliate platform, which includes this product. Uh, Now it says it has a secure race car hood latch. Uh, customizable internal organization, so padded dividers, I believe, that you could move around, and convenient table platform system. It does look like an interesting bag. Um, it is cool. I hope it does come to fruition because there's always a need for new, unique, and interesting camera bags, and I would definitely like to see this one come to fruition. It might be one that I would be interested in myself, uh, but I'd have to wait and see. Um, Now, it looks like it is a pretty cool bag. It's kind of pricey, but we'll have to wait and see what the retail price ends up being when it comes to market. Next up, XE4 XLab in search of lost simplicity. Fuji has published another XLab episode, all gravitating around the Fujifilm XE4 with the team that developed the XE4. It's again in Japanese, and we rely on the automatic Google translation tool, so it's the usual mess I want to spare you, hence I went through for you and summed it up down below. The video summary is as follows. Price range close to the Fujifilm XS10, but concept is different. The XE4 has no grip and no mode dial. It's smaller, lightweight, and fun to shoot with. The biggest challenge was to achieve simplicity with this camera. Buttons were reduced, but they tried not to reduce the functionality. Tons of work on the firmware has some functions similar as the XS10. The challenge was to simplify as much as possible without reducing the functionality. One of the project designers is a young woman, and she actually is an XE line lover and shot with the XE2 in the past. She feels like it's her faith that she entered Fujifilm and now had to design the XE4. Full flat body design is amazing. It's inspired by the film cameras of yesteryear, which were designed as simple tools. She had the idea of the full flat body design, showed it to the team, which all, they all liked the idea. Having a full flat body design is also better for Fujifilm in terms of, in terms of lineup strategy. Um, so that is definitely interesting. And of course, you'll be able to read this article in the show notes for yourself. 
uh, interesting that Fuji keeps putting out these X-Lab videos. I haven't watched any of them yet, but I think I'm going to play catch up on them uh, maybe in the next week. So we'll see what happens. Next up, the Fujifilm GFX 100S owner's manual is now available. You can download it at B&H Photo. The Fujifilm manual, uh, Fujifilm will provide the version in other languages soon. I will report immediately on Fuji Rumors once this happens. It's currently only available in English. The camera will start shipping on March 11th in the USA and on February 25th in Japan and Europe. The X, uh, X, uh, GFX100S will be available at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. In the EU at Amazon Denmark, Amazon, uh, Calumet Denmark, Wex UK, Park UK, Amazon UK, and PCH Store. So that is interesting. The camera will be on the market soon. Now, this past week, I shot an email to Fuji. I'd been trying to get in touch with them because, as my listeners know, I shoot my documentary projects using my GFX 50R, and I'm highly interested in getting the 100S. Um, I wanted to originally get the 100, but it was out of my price range. With the 100S being more compact and more affordable, I am looking to get this model, hopefully in the near future. When I do, I'll sell my GFX 50R, even though I absolutely love it, because I really want some of the functionality that's only available in the 100S. Now, the one thing I don't know yet is if they're going to release a battery grip for this or not, like they did for the 50S. It really made me mad that they never offered the battery grip for the 50R. I didn't understand that, especially since the GFX 100, the 50S, and the 50R all take the same battery. Uh, but I did email uh, Fuji this past week to inquire about borrowing one of their GF 23mm Fujinon lenses so I could test it out on my project because I am interested in possibly buying the lens in the near future. And a nice gentleman by the name of Daniel responded to me. He had me fill out the proper paperwork to be an official media person that can borrow gear from Fuji. And he told me that the GF 23 millimeter would ship to me and I'd have it in the next couple of days. So hopefully I'll see that soon. I will keep my listeners updated. I had asked if I could borrow a GFX 100S and he said, unfortunately, they're not available just yet. So I'll have to wait on that. But hey, at least now I'm recognized as a Fujifilm media person. So I can now get loaners from Fuji without having to drop a ton of money out of pocket to do reviews for my YouTube channel. Next up, Fujifilm patent 48mm f1.2 lens for mirrorless camera with 1-inch type sensor. A patent has been spotted of the 48mm f1.2 lens for mirrorless cameras with a 1-inch sensor at jplatpatinit.go.jp and here via high lows note. Quote, Fujifilm filed a patent describing the lens for the shortwave infrared cameras with a one-inch type sensor. Fujifilm was once very active in the compact camera segment with cameras like the Fujifilm XF1, but especially the Fujifilm X10, 20, and 30 series, as well as the Fujifilm XQ1 and XQ2. All of these cameras featured a two-thirds sensor, in some cases an excellent two-thirds X-trans sensor. However, Fuji's two-thirds sensor camera line didn't get the success it deserved, and its last model, the X30, got, was discontinued in 2016. 
the market preferred one-inch sensor compact cameras like the Sony RX100 series. But both the two-thirds as well as the one-inch sensor compact camera market is basically dead now due to smartphone cameras getting better. A curious fact... Fujifilm used to make its own sensors in the past, but then sold their sensor business to Toshiba. But guess who came in 2015 and bought the sensor business from Toshiba? You got it. It was Sony back in 2015. I wonder if somebody at Fujifilm today regrets that decision. <laughs> I definitely would. I'd be kicking myself for that. Um, somebody should have probably been fired for that idea. Oh, my goodness. And last up from Fuji Rumors for this week, final release dates for the Fujifilm GFX100S, the GF80mm 1.7, the XE4, XF70-300, and the XF27 Mark II have been published. We are... We are all were a bit worried about Fujifilm telling us that the high GFX100S pre-orders that there could be delays when it comes to shipping. But the good news is that Fujifilm Japan published this official release date for Japanese market for each item announced back on January 27th, and it looks like they will all start shipping as planned. In Japan and the EU, the 100S should ship in late February around the 25th, whereas according to major U.S. retailers, we will have to wait until March 11th for the 100S in the U.S. Release dates, February 25th, the 100S at B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., Adorama Focus Camera, and Moment, the MG, MHG GFX-S Hand Grip, B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., and Adorama, the GF 80mm F1.7R, B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., Adorama Focus Camera, and Moment, the Fujifilm X-E4 will be at V&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama, Focus, and Moment. The BLC X-E4 leather case will only be available from B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama, as well as the MHG X-E4 hand grip and the TRX-E thumb rest. And that is it for Fuji Rumors for this week. And now let's head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors to wrap up this episode and see what they have for us this week. First up, Sony FX3 versus Sony A7 size comparison. It will also have the sign color profile like the A1. Weibo posted this size comparison between the new Sony FX3 and the A7R4. The real difference is the thickness because of the cooling vent and flip plus articulating LCD screen. Another source told me the FX3 will have a sin color profile like the new Sony A1. Specs known so far, 12 megapixel full frame sensor, no ND, has still mode, it has IBIS with active mode, same NPFZ100 battery, full size HDMI port, mic input on body and handle, dual slot for CF Express A cards as well as SD cards. The price is 3,795 euro, records 4K, 120p and not 8k the announcement on february 23rd will be at 1500 hours greenwich means time so it is interesting to see that this new camera is coming to the market soon it sounds like it's going to be a pretty popular camera with sony shooters and that it's going to be a really good cinema camera so we'll have to wait and see uh, what the reviewers have to say once they have it in their hands Next up, Sony 35mm GM will now start to ship out on April 12th, according to B&H Photo. Due to production issues, the lens has 
been delayed to now start shipping out April 12th, according to B&H Photo. You can click to read their article. And that is it for that. The lens retails at $1,398. So if you're looking to get that lens, head on over to B&H Photo now and check out the article on its release date. Next up, Sigma 28-70 f2.8 versus Tamron 28-75 f2.8 FE size comparison. There is a size comparison story done about, uh, between the Sigma and the Tamron lenses. Uh, the Let's see, the new Sigma lens will be, it's a contemporary model, will be announced on February 24th. And the lenses are interesting. They look incredibly nice and they are relatively close to the same size although the Tamron is capable of a slightly longer reach at 75 millimeters versus 70 on the Sigma. But they do both look like absolutely amazing lenses, and of course you can check it out for yourself. Next up, leaked first images of the new Sigma 28 to 70 millimeter f2.8 DGDN contemporary lens. Here are the first images of this lens that will be announced on February 24th. It'll compete against the Tamron, as previously mentioned, and cost around $900 US. Next up, Adobe Europe is offering up to 20% off all Creative Cloud apps. Europeans can now save 20% on all of the apps sold by Adobe Germany, Adobe UK, Adobe France, Italy, Spain, Netherlands, and Adobe Belgium. So if you want to get those Creative Cloud apps, now's the time to do it and save 20%. And last up for this week on Sony Rumors and wrapping up this episode, reminder, Sony USA rebates will be ending on February 28th. Here are all the new Sony camera, U.S. camera deals on rebates. $500 off on the Sony a7R 4 300 off on the Sony a7 III, 1000 off on the Sony A9, 500 off on the Sony A7R3 and $50 off on the Ace are on the Sony ZV1. Now, all of these cameras are sold at B&H Photo, Adorama, Focus Camera, and some of them are even available at Bydig and Best Buy. Now, here are the new Sony Lens US deals. $100 off on the 16-35 f2.8 GM. $200 off on the Sony 24-70 f2.8 GM. $200 off on the Sony 70-200 2.8 GM. $200 off on the Sony Zeiss 24-70 f4. $200 off on the Sony Zeiss 16-35 f4. $50 off on the Sony 50mm FE 1.8. $50 off on the 85mm 1.8. $50 off on the 20mm 1.8, $300 off on the Sony 24-105 FE, $50 off on the Sony 35mm 1.8, $100 off on the Zeiss 55 1.8, $100 off on the 70-300 lens, $100 off on the 12-24 F4, and $100 off on the 24-240. Now, all of these prices are good at Amazon, Adorama, B&H Photo, and a handful of them are also available at Best Buy and Buy Dig, as well as Focus Camera. And that is going to wrap up all the news and rumors for February 21st, 2021. 
remember to check out the Land Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, and that is going to wrap up episode 132 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. Also, to remind you to check out the liamphotography.net website, I just revamped my photography site this week with the new um, Imagely 2.0 theme, and it looks fantastic and loads nice and fast. While you're there, you can check out the online store if you want to pick up a signed copy of the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia, the Northwest Counties book. It is currently on sale, $5 off for a signed copy, but you'll have to swing by the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia Facebook page to get the discount code. I don't remember it off the top of my head, so I apologize. Uh, also, be sure to check out my YouTube channels, uh, Liam Photography slash The Aperture Assassin, as well as the project channels for Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Forgotten Pieces of Pennsylvania. That is it, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening, and I will see you all again in another seven days.